right, listeners, welcome back to a uh, Monday, April 17th, 2023 edition of 94 by 50 podcast. I'm Matt, here with Max. What's up, dude? What up, listeners? What up, what up, Matthew? We're fashionably late, um, but we're here. We're excited. It's April Madness. We're here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh, it's good timing because we're we're one game into uh, each NBA first round playoff series, so they're all evened out in that respect. We can kind of assess where they are. Um, I know, listeners, you can't see me, but I'm wearing my my New York Knicks quarter zip. Do you say quarter zip or three quarter zip? Three quarter zip. Three quarter zip. Okay. See, I say quarter zip, but and listeners, you might agree not be able to disagree. Me, but I'm wearing my New Jersey Nets half zip and wearing it proud. Nice. Um. Yeah, I guess before we get into NBA, we just wanted to. We haven't talked to you guys since. Since pre-March Madness, we wanted to do a little recap of that. Uh, Connecticut, kind of. Sheesh. Yeah. They they came out of nowhere a little bit. They were the number one team in the country in the middle of the season and then not snuck into the tournament, but were under the radar as a as a four seed. And then so they, they won every like game by double like digits. Dark horse. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely some rumbling about mm-hmm. them from some people I respect, but like it, yeah, it clearly like it had to all come together, which there are a lot of, you know, transfers there, but ultimately when they played, I mean, they cruised through this tournament. Yep. And when you watched them, it, you know, the first half would be kind of close and the second half, it just was too much. I mean, just uh Sunogo shouts out player of the tournament for sure. In my opinion, I don't know if that's official or not, but just dominated from start to finish and to have like th- like it's such a big momentum thing to be like when the players go phew snow goes going to bench and then comes this like seven foot four freshman you know massive behemoth uh clinging mm-hmm. like those things matter surrounding these two big guys with shooters like snipers yep that was one of the w- most well-built teams i've seen in a while like that was impressive yeah, they were just a really complete team. Like, they had forward play, they had guard play, um, they had wings. I thought Jordan Hawkins was really good in the tournament. Sniper. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I think a worthy champ, ultimately. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'll let you go first. Are there any teams that stuck out? Uh, let's start with positively first. Before I mean, on. San Diego State, it was cool to see them do well in the yeah. the year, the tournament that was canceled by COVID. They probably would have been a number one seed. Um, and, it, you know, it's it's cool to see that program that's had uh, a college basketball legend and coaching legend and Steve Fisher that has had Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, do it with a lot of guys who were, you know, not not highly recruited, might have transferred in. Um, a coach who's definitely paid his due in Brian Dutcher to, to get to this stage. It was cool to see them do well. Florida Atlantic, like seeing the side-by-side of their home gym, which is like 
2,500 <laughs> seats. And then playing in the final four was cool. Um, of course, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson was cool. Second ever 16 seed winning. Um, Big 10 was a little bit disappointing again, I got to say, though. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah. Well, less disappointing, I guess, because there wasn't the expectations. Sure. But disappointing as a Big Ten fan, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the expectations weren't huge, but they did have a number, an A number one seed. A number one seed went down. Michigan State, uh, I just wanted to say this is interesting, kind of because like the talk in the college basketball world was kind of like this Michigan State team in the offseason, like what are they doing? They're the mm-hmm. only team to not make a move in the transfer portal. Interesting. It kind of felt like go make a, like one move, do something, you know. Yep. And Israel stayed put while all these other teams went and did moves. And now here they are. They make it to the Sweet 16, uh, the only Big Ten team to do so. And then now they have, what, two five-star freshmen coming in plus yeah. – uh, a lot of returners now, some surprise yeah. returners. So uh, just interesting how that worked out. Um, yeah, Purdue, I mean, geez, the, the freshman guards just really hurt them when it mattered most. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it showed like if it, even the smallest team in the country could stop, uh, could stop Purdue and it kind of it exposed them as a little bit of a one-man team. Well, and it's just like one of those, like, come on. Like, it's just kind of the draw of it, too, you know, mm-hmm. of like the only way that that team could play is they had the game plan where it's just like completely crash ED and mm-hmm. they were quick enough to actually do it and cause havoc. Like, right. that was actually like probably an advantage in that game, but it was seen as like the smallest that, you know, when it was like, well, they're just a bunch of pests, which is exactly how you have to defend a guy like that. Right. So I, it's not to say that they're a favorite, but I'm just saying it's like that is the draw of the tournament, which I think as I'm going on, you know, the homer in me is always like, this is the year um, for my team or other teams too. But it is so interesting, like the matchups, the moment, how it mm-hmm. all kind of comes into play. Um, yeah, another team that was, it was cool to see them do well was Penn state. I was happy for them. I know they just won one game, but getting back to the tournament, I I became a huge fan of Jalen Pickett and just how he played. Um, cool to see Shrewsbury get the recognition that, that led him to getting the Notre Dame job. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to turn that program around, um, a lot of respect to what Shrewsbury did in the two years he was at Penn State. They mm-hmm. went 3-0 against us this year. I mean, an incredible X's and O's coach. And I think something, again, like kind of the transfer portal, Um, clearly on my mind. We're going to have to talk about it. But the way that Penn State did it was they got some hungry guys from mid-major conference, you know, to come up, and it showed up. Jalen Pickett. To getting him who dominates Siena, he comes to the Big Ten and just puts him on notice. No one thought Funk would be as good as he was, and then you know with Seth Lundy and Dread the the favorite. It was it was fun to watch them this year, and I'm glad they they had as good of a year as they did. 
Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about those transfers. Um, for for this upcoming season. So Illinois, you guys are losing uh Jaden Epps and RJ Melendez. Yeah. Um these are tough uh for different reasons, honestly. RJ is kind of a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. How he came in. He's always shown these really good flashes, and a lot of the flashes have been in kind of like tangibles like um just hustle plays or put back dunks or rebounds or just kind of plays that you can't coach. And it's tough to see a player like him who played through a, a one of the roughest patches I've seen in an Illinois uniform of someone with immense talent, you know, and he, he could not make it. And to see him get through that and just, Learn that, like, if you just rebound and you play good defense, like, good things will happen on offense, too, you know? And to see him go through all that and to leave, it's tough. Uh, he just actually today announced he's uh, transferring to Georgia. Okay. Um, Interesting. Which seems like a cool place for him. I think, you know, seems like he, he can go and be the guy there. Um, I guess they turned it around. They went from, like, six and you know, 30 or whatever to like 16 and 16 this year. So they're kind of trending upward. We'll see, you know, with the new coach, it was his first year. So we'll see. Um, But I think he'll get a bigger role. I think it really, a lot of, it it was rough. It was really hard for him when they brought in Matt Meyer and Terrence Shannon. Yeah. I mean, I imagine as a, as a freshman, you're thinking you're going to, you know, you're going to a school, you have an idea of what the roster is going to look like. You can, you're probably kind of looking at the depth chart to guess how much playing time you might get, who you're battling um, for a position with. And then, you know, in his freshman year, Plummer shows up, might take some of his playing time that he otherwise would have had. This year, you just said it, Shannon and Meyer come in and, um, and it results in him getting kind of spotty minutes. And he well, definitely and he did was one of those- showed flashes. Exactly. And he, yeah. he was one of those guys who like, especially after Jane Ivy and Davis, you know, had such a good, had that big sophomore leap. That's what kind of, he was one of those guys in the big 10 who, especially Illinois fans, but some Andy cats, some more national people were kind of pointing out, like he's definitely a candidate for that. And so to have that and kind of be the talk, and then we get these guys, he gets a shine. He starts shooting in a slump. So interesting case, tough to see him go, but understandable. Yeah. Uh, Epps is tough um, to get into him, not to go too much. Uh, really great player, an absolute bucket. Um, he was a joy to watch this year. He's someone who I've been excited about and am excited about. I think he's going to be an absolute college menace. I don't know if he's big enough to be a NBA player, but he might be. I mean, he plays so well. He has such a knack for finishing and one-on-one moves um he went to george he's going to georgetown he's going to be great okay. there um but ultimately like he he's kind of one of those like it was same with adam miller of like he got he started as a freshman most games he got 25 minutes a game the coaches were very hard on him i think that was an issue supposedly there were some issues his mom didn't like brad underwood i guess not anyway there it seemed to be more of a personality thing okay. and for me 
that's too bad, but I wish him well. And that's really, yeah. Whereas RJ, it's like, damn, I get it, but that sucks. Yeah, RJ is one of those players who you you hope as an Illinois fan or as a fan of like college basketball, he's one of those guys who you want to see as a junior and a senior. Yeah, for sure. You want to give him the opportunity to mature and grow his game. Uh, before and you, you get this exactly, you get to see him like scrawny eighteen year old <laughs> who like does a sick play every once in a while to like that guy might make it to the NBA with like those intangibles. So, um, I'll be watching him at Georgia. You know, seemed like a good kid was bought in, did the small things, and so yeah, definitely rooting for Jaden Epps too, but a little more like, well, you know, we clearly just it just didn't work out. Nothing more to say. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the guys coming in then? Yeah. Um, sorry. Well, I guess it's just like, yeah, we'll do the Illinois corner. Then we'll do the Wisconsin corner. Um, so coming in, we have two signings so far. We've got Damask, um, from, uh, Southern Illinois. Yep. He's a six foot six. They've actually described him as kind of a, 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 a Jalen Pickett type, at least, like uh, his, the the amount of usage he gets as a player is insanely high. He led the Salukis in scoring rebounds and assists. Um, he just seems like an awesome guy. And the the consensus on the boards, the Illinois boards, is that he's going to be like our sixth or seventh man. Like he's going to be coming off the bench. So. I'm not sold on that yet. We'll see who we bring in or who comes okay. back. But an absolutely great pick, a steady pick, and a guy from, you know, an an Illinois a, a guy from well, he's actually from Wisconsin, but a Midwestern kid who played in Illinois, um, you know, wants to play in the Big Ten, is gonna relish every minute he's on the state stage, you know, is gonna make a lot of good plays. And he seems to be because, you know, he was playing in a way different position, being the facilitator. He seems to be a really good shooter, um, someone who can really just, like, hit it from the wing. Yeah, and we have seen players make that leap from transferring from a mid-major to a high-major um, and succeed. You mentioned Pickett, um, the player who – his name is escaping me, but he transferred from Loyola, Maryland to Rutgers, super good shooter, had a good season. Cam Spencer. Um, yep, yep, Um so yeah, I I think he could do well, and if yeah, yeah. I mean if he, if that type of a player of that mold is your is seventh on your your depth chart, um, you know you've got a good roster, and and then Harmon is exactly. your other transfer. Yep, and so Harmon, uh, touching on him quick, um, really exciting player. Um, he he's just a scorer. Um, he's a Chicago kid. Uh, you in Chicago, Curry. So he's coming home. Um, he played at Utah Valley. He had an awesome run in the what CBI tournament, um, and or was it? yeah CBI tournament and um, just a bucket. Really came on late, and again, it seems to be a player who's going to be coming off the bench. You know, another hungry mid-major player who comes in is uh, Brad Underwood. Super excited about his defense. I am too. Um, the big questions right now, the rest of the summer, and we'll check in later, but Coleman Hawkins and um, Terrence Shannon are on draft boards, but barely. 
Okay. So they both have Shannon has really... eligibility still? College eligibility? That COVID year, baby. Oh, I thought he was done. Wow. Meyer's and done, right? Meyer's done. And I, okay. well, I'm not sure Meyer's an everyday guy. That's all I'm going to say. I think he was a great <laughs> player this year, but I think that there's some cult- culture issues this year. And I'm not saying it was on Meyer, but I'm just saying I think that like the, the team that Brad Under was trying to build, I think he'd welcome Terrence back. I'm not sure. But that's not everyday guys don't go on monster energy drink binges. Anyway, anyway, uh, Terrence Shannon, it it seemed to be when you got him as one year and done. Um, now because of NIL, because of supposedly next year's a weaker draft, there's talk. We'll see of Terrence Shannon maybe coming back. Uh, I think he's, I would assume he's going to go pro. We'll see. Okay. Coleman, I do think he's going to come back. The here's where the transfer rumors get interesting. We the supposedly the way Coleman and Terrence come back, which they're talking like there's they're going to, we'll see. Is we need a, a stud point guard. Yeah. And so the 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 rumors are right now uh Tiger Campbell, which I don't fully believe in and I don't love only because it's three point shooting, and I'll leave it at that. And then Ray J. Dennis uh, from Toledo. He's right now uh, in put his name in for the NBA draft. But we, okay. the rumor has it Ray J. Dennis, um, player of the year in that conference, will potentially pull out of the draft, trans- go in the transfer portal, and go to Illinois. So that's what I think will happen. Interesting. And then we're going to okay. get up. Then we're going to get a backup big. The The rumor on the street is Brandon Phillips from um, – or Sean Phillips, I forget. Something Phillips, transfer from LSU. Um, he's pretty highly rated uh, freshman this year. Didn't really do much, though. But we were super high on him out of uh, high school. And if he can come be our backup, that would be sick. So that's our update. Sorry. Actually, last thing. Sorry, non-Illinois fans. Good Lord. Skip all this. Um, the last thing is the the freshman coming in because we do have an another like incredible freshman class. Honestly, um, we have uh Dre Lodge uh Gibbshorn, and he's from um um he's been to a few high schools, but he's a point guard. He's athletic. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's gonna be talented, but he might get buried on the bench. But Amani Hansberry, we finally got to an MK. Um. A native from your way. Yep. Um, just a big uh, young player. He's going to be pretty much like our in-between small power forward. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to be really fun. And the idea of him and Ty Rogers and Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger, yikes. That's my Illinois rant, and I'm sticking to it. all right listeners uh let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with some wisconsin offseason news followed by nba playoff predictions
All right, guys, welcome back. So we got a very comprehensive Illinois offseason update from Max. Thank you, you. as always for that. Uh, yeah, let's let's touch on the Badgers quick. I uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out uh, to my spouse, Kirsten, for getting first in one uh, bracket pool for March Madness and second in another. Uh, oh, she was, yeah. She was very proud of herself. Uh, and I'm proud of her too for doing that. I'm proud of her too. Yep. Uh, basketball knowledge definitely runs in our household. Um, yeah. So she might have earned a future guest spot too on this podcast. Hell yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so Badgers offseason news. So first piece of news is Jordan Davis, uh, brother of Johnny Davis, entered the transfer portal. Um, sad to see him go. Um, he definitely took a leap this year after not playing much last year. Um, but he, he lost his starting job to CE3, Connor Asijin, maybe midway through the season and his playing time decreased. Um, and he, it seemed like he probably with, you know, with Klesmet around and, um, Connor Seijin around kind of maxed out his potential on the Badgers. So I, I understand his decision to leave. I don't believe he's committed to a new school yet, um, but wish him luck wherever he goes. Uh, in terms of incoming transfers, uh, we'll start with the guy who committed first, Noah Reynolds. He's a point guard uh, originally from near you, uh, Peoria, Illinois, Looks like he was really pretty unheralded out of high school. I'm I'm thinking Wyoming might have been his only D1 offer, uh, based on what I can tell. Barely played as a freshman at Wyoming. 2.9 points per game, um, 11 minutes per game. Took a huge leap in his sophomore year. Uh, 14.5 points per game, two point, uh, roughly two rebounds, two assists per game. Um, in a, you know, in a mid-major conference, but I think Wyoming plays in the Mountain West, um, which has, you know, schools like St. Mary's, Gonzaga, Boise State, um, or actually, no, St. Mary's is in the West Coast Conference, but Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State, Nevada, it's a conference that got, that, that got four schools in the tournament, so they were not a good team, Wyoming. They were nine and twenty-two, uh, but they were they were playing in a in a good conference. Um, yeah, I I actually watched a decent amount of um, Reynolds, uh, coincidentally, because uh, Mountain West uh, games are on later at night. Yep, and. Um, the one thing I'll say is, yeah, like the, the Wyoming team this year was not good, um, but he was more high usage. So he learned kind of how to be, um, mm -hmm. you know, play with the ball in his hands and make his own opportunities for shots, which is really important. Um, but the year before that, they were a really good team. I believe they made the they were either like right on the bubble if they didn't make the tournament. Yeah, no, that, um, that rings a bell or maybe like first four. But. They were yep. like very close, um, and they had you know some good like Hunter Maldonado he's played with, who's a really good point guard. So the, he's played with some good players. I, I think that was a really 
it's a low key get, but I think it'll perf- uh, be really good. And another thing I look at for these transfers and something that you'll probably highlight on the next one is you got multiple years here. It's not yeah. just a one and done. You've got a kid who's going to be here for and develop. Yep. Which is- yeah. He has uh two years of eligibility left. Um, He's a sophomore right now. So um, I think this year he'll, you know, be able to play behind Chucky. It'll it'll be a crowded backcourt at, at Wisconsin because we've got Kamari McGee um, coming back, Quesmet, Connor Asijin, but but we really needed the depth because last year the Badgers just didn't have it, and it showed, especially when Wall got hurt. Um, we had a short rotation, and we're you know we're playing guys who looked a little bit out of their depth. Um, second transfer, I'm really excited about. Uh, AJ Store, um, who was originally from uh, Rockford, Illinois, um, was at St. John's until Mike Anderson was fired. He entered the portal. Um, he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, had offers from a lot of big schools. Really excited he about him. Committed to. He committed to Illinois, right? Yeah. At one point. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, average about nine points as a freshman, um, I believe had a big game against the, the national champs, UConn, where he dropped 20. Um, yeah, he's, and he's, he's a wing too, which the Badgers don't often get like besides, besides Johnny Davis, we haven't really had many wings. It's often bigs or point guards, um, this year we were starting three guys under six four, I think. So, um, and I I think he'll he'll slide right into the starting lineup. It'll probably be Chucky, uh, CE three, Store, um, Wall, yep, Wall and Crowell. Crowell. That's a yeah. good starting lineup, Matthew. It is. Badger listeners, I think that y'all turned a corner. Yeah, I think. Well, continue, sir. No, no, no. You're, I mean, that's a. I was that's not high on guard after pin. this season. No, as in it, it, that's what I was say. I think I texted Matthew full. Full disclosure, listeners. I texted MK. I said if if guard can get store there, I think it completely changes the out. Like I think it completely cements a contract extension for him. Yeah. I think this team with the, the good young players in Chucky and CE3 and Crowell, and then to get, uh, like, essentially steal this COVID year f- with the wall, Plesman, mm-hmm. McGee, who got to be in the system. I, don't sleep on the Badgers this year. Yeah. Really, really don't. Yeah, I think um, – no, I mean I- – I think we would have been picked to do well even before we got store just because we had everyone yes. coming back. But yes, but he could definitely put us over the top. I he's, think, well, he's what you need. He, he, he yeah. unlocks it because what he is, is his, his three point shooting is great for a fresh. I mean, 40%, 40% from three insane. And again, another guy who, who you're going to develop, who's using his transfer. So the idea is that he's going to stay there. Mm-hmm. So you have years for him to develop, but he's also a big body and he's tough and he can slash. Right. And that's something that Chucky can do at times, but ultimately 
you need that, and that unlocks so much in the spread offense. Yep. And, yeah, six, sorry, six, 200 spread, pounds. Swing yeah, and so, the, yeah, he can slap, he can really just open that up, which opens up, you know, shots for Klezman and Reynolds and CE3. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was a, a little, I mean, Sca- I mean, you told me he was visiting campus, and I was like, ah, oh, he's, you know, I'm sure he's doing this at a bunch of schools. He's not going to commit because we don't we don't typically get guys that fit that profile coming, you know, transferring in from the Big East. Um, We get a lot of, you know, Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin guys. I mean, he is from Illinois, but then he went to school out east. Yeah, tweeted a couple hours later, Badger Bandit, hashtag committed. So, yeah, AJ's in. AJ's in. I'm in. Uh, Huge signing. Good great two transfers uh, i think you got to feel good about yourselves for the badgers and guard well done um yeah let's uh let's do you want to say any words about the uh the bulls or do you want to just bypass <laughs> them if they do, don't deserve your your you know your breath your air time i have to say something um just cuz but I, I just think, like, uh, Jerry's still out. Is Zach the Supermax player? At times he can be, but I think that's a big question. Um, I think Vooch and DeMar, I love DeMar's, like, everything about him as a player. Vooch I like, too, but I think they're gone after this year. Okay. Um, I think we're going to keep Io on a very friendly deal to both sides. Um, I think we're going to keep P-Will, but... um. Big questions in Chicago. It, it, hopefully, we luck out and get a lottery pick. That's a, I mean, not a lottery pick. Hopefully, we get a very high lottery pick. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I'm not excited right now. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bummer to see them lose that game ultimately against the Heat. But what can you do? Off season starts sooner, I guess. More time to plan for twenty three, twenty four, which is what it's all about. Now let's talk about the teams that deserve to be talked about. Starting with the team that beat the Bulls, the Heat, who took Game One, the eight seed, over the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. Is that the big story from the game, though? I don't think so. I think it's injuries. Yeah, and the. Uh... The recent controversy around charging calls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where do you? I mean, where do you come down on that? To the listeners, if if you didn't see it, <laughs> what we're alluding to is two superstars, Giannis and John Morant, uh, take both taking some pretty nasty spills. Um, uh, when they got called for, I think both got called for charges on the plays. Um, yep. Ja said he can't use his right hand at all. He was bracing his fall, landed on his wrist pretty bad. Giannis has a, a contusion in his tailbone or lower back. Yeah, I mean, I it's very interesting. I think it's like it, it came up overnight. Like I had never really heard this talked about before. But I think the idea of it is like, ultimately, I think it's a very valid point. I think like, the kind of like the minefield idea that you can just stand in front of someone and stop and just get run into. I, it's 
not great. It leads to serious collision. But, you know, you keep the offensive foul to, like, if there's, you know, push-offs or whatever. Right. But obviously nothing's going to happen anytime soon. This should be an off-season thing, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I do like the idea of expanding the restricted area. Mark Cuban is a proponent of this, too. Um, Just so – because, I mean, you need to – there still needs to be charging calls so you don't have elbows and push-offs and – Illegal streams and all that, but and you can't just like slam into people, right? It. Yeah, but the like crafty, like jump in the way of people while they're running full speed, mm-hmm. I think that can be taken out of the game. Yeah, so yeah. Um, let's say let's say Giannis just hypothetically doesn't. Misses misses another game. Um, well, I, there's lots of hypothetical scenarios we could go into. Uh, if if Giannis is healthy, the Bucks win this series fairly yeah. easily. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if if he is not, if he doesn't play in this series, let's just go out the other the other end of the spectrum. He, he favored. Okay. In my opinion, just because of uh, Jimmy Butler at this point. Yeah. Best play in the series. Hard to go against him, especially with the shooting around him right now. Even with hero injury. Yeah, Struce is hooping. Because Bam is also, hooping. like, Giannis, like, renders Bam pretty much useless. Mm-hmm. And Bam can figure out Brooke and Portis. Yeah. Yeah. Having those is like plus Giannis, no way. So yeah, I would say he is favored for me, especially after stealing game one. Yeah, Middleton's really gonna have to step up. He did have a good game one, but he's and been... Drew. I would say Drew. Drew took. Uh, I I think Bucks fans, you'd agree that uh, Drew took a lot of just kind of weird like quick threes or like yeah, quick that's jumpers, not his game. and it felt like every time he like drove to the basket and took a little fade or a little floater or a layup like it was it was easy and then it just it felt like a couple like it'd be like 20 left on the shot clock you know they made a little run and you just chuck up a three and like what are you doing so i think he, he just needs to play a little bit more within himself not force it and i, I they'll be, be all right it's gonna be a good series no matter what but. yeah very good yeah. all right uh next calves you like the calves in seven uh, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer and take, take the Knicks in six. Knicks did win game one on the road, which is huge. Um, tell me why you like Cleveland still. No, no, I don't think it's being a homer to take the Knicks in this series. I'll just have, you know. <laughs> but I, yeah, as you said. I, so I like the Cavs. I mean, anyone who's followed this podcast know they've been my dark horse all year. So part of it has to do with that. But I just like the depth. I like I like playoff Don, uh, Mitch the Spider. He's he's just <laughs> on another level. Um, you know I, I like Rubio. I like Mobley. I like I, I just like the Cavs a lot. Um, I like this Knicks team, and I think that what Brunson's done has been awesome, especially in light of uh the Mavs, which you don't have to go into. But shikes, yeesh. Um. So I think, yeah, uh, 
all in all to say, I like the Cavs. I have a soft spot for the Cavs even more than the Knicks. And that's where my Cavs in seven is coming from. Ultimately, it's a toss-up. Okay. And I'm excited for, as a neutral fan, just very stoked for Brunson versus Mitchell. Yeah. No, I do love I do love Spida. Um, super fun to watch. Already, he has more 40-point games uh, in a season than anyone else in Cavs history, and that's so that's <laughs> obviously including LeBron, which is crazy, um, given it's only his, his first season there. Um, yeah, I mean, the Knicks look good. I Like, Josh yeah. Hart is looking like a great midseason trade, um, and he is obviously gelling with Brunson, their buddies going back to college. I don't know. I've had a lot of I I feel like I've been burned by Tibbs between between he's been like the central he's been the coach and the teams that are the central figures in this podcast except the Bucks he's been a Bulls coach Wolves coach and Knicks coach so this is we've had a lot of Tibbs exposure yeah um and I don't know I, yeah I don't I hope I'm wrong but I don't know if I trust his coaching in the playoffs we'll see. Um, I think that's fair, but I do think he also like has the kind of roster that he like needs to have to be yeah. Good. Yeah. like an explosive point guard, and then just like tough players, including some young. Like I don't know. Like I love Grimes. Hart has always been one of my favorites since he came into the league. Like seeing him get the offensive rebounds and the assists and the steal. Like he just he just makes winning plays. Yeah, I, I think Tibbs has his guys this year. So I think as we know and believe, I think there's a ceiling with that. But I do also think that they are going to bring it every day and it's going to be a good series. Yeah. Um, Celtics Hawks, we might not need, need to say much on this one. No. We both think it's going to be a pretty quick series. A I think maybe... And it feels like the same thing. Sorry, you go yeah. No, no, no. I thought, I thought maybe it, it'll be a gentleman sweep, Celtics in five. You think it'll be a sweep straight up? I think it's straight up sweep. Maybe you're right. Um, but ultimately, this feels just like what changed this year for either of these teams. I know the coaching stuff for the Celtics, but if you look at the rosters, like, you know, Hawks aren't playing well. Celtics are the better team. Like, let's just, let's just get out of this one. Yeah, and I, I, can't remember who said it, but it was on the Hawks broadcast, um, a broadcast of one of the Hawks games that um, they're expected to field a lot of trade offers in the offseason. Uh, oh, and they're not putting they're not putting Trey Young out of the question in terms of trade offers. Um, no, I don't think they like, should. Yeah. I don't think anyone should be safe on that team, unfortunately, yeah. for that team or the fans. Yeah. Uh, big shouts to uh, John Collins, one of my favorite young players in the league. Cool. Absolute hooper. All right. Um, next we go to the Sixers Nets. Uh game two of that series is happening right now. I'll get a score update in a second if you want to intro the rest. Sure. Yeah, I mean Nets, you know, Nets are a completely different roster uh than what they had at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you want to share with the group? No, that's just a very funny. I didn't even realize I was bringing this up. But like, if you think of how this Nets team started, and like, 
they're winning right now. It's about to be halftime. And like, if you were to bring up like <laughs> to a Nets fan preseason, like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you lost game one against Philly, but you know, you're up in game two at half. They'd be like, hell yeah, we're right in it. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Johnson is your leading scorer. And yeah, don't worry. You're playing Philly in the playoffs and you're leading a halftime in game two. Yeah. <laughs> they like that. The preseason to now is just that that yeah. just hit me really hard live. So yeah, yeah. Harden is not. I mean, Harden was gone, but KB gone, Kyrie gone, Ben Simmons nowhere to be found. The tank and you've another got, team. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. They're winning at halftime, which is crazy. But um, I do think Sixers gentlemen sweep at most. Yeah. I think we we both agreed on that. Not much to say about this. This also, you know. Nets have some good vets, but that's about it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's run through the West and then uh we'll do some predictions and get out of here. So Nuggets Wolves. You said Nugs in five, and they looked like they could win in five last night. That was a pretty easy win ultimately. Yeah, I mean I thought the Wolves, especially kind of from what we'd seen, um with the other kind of playing teams kind of playing in these playoff scenarios already, feeling that energy, not having a week off. I thought they were going to come in and really make some noise in game one. And they lost by 29. Uh, Nuggets look like the real deal right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Complete team. Yeah. Jamal Murray was struggling a little bit with his shot. Uh, they'll have to get him going if they want to keep advancing, but I don't think they'll have too much of a problem with, with the Wolves. Yeah. And he, he got it going the second half. He um, did. Glad to see him. Yeah, he ended up with mid-20s. Um, great to see Michael Porter Jr. out there. I love Contavious. You know, fun team. They're, yeah, they're Bruce Brown. Play. Yeah, a really deep team. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got the Suns Clippers. Another game last night. Um. We both picked the Suns. Uh, this was pregame uh, last night. The Clippers. With no Paul George, yeah. One. Clippers with no Paul George took game one. Um, Russ, an atrocious shooting night, but an incredible basketball night. Uh, you know, so many rebounds and assists and steals and defensive stops. Oh, yeah. There's just clips of him, like, player. chasing around KD and – getting knocked oh, away. Oh, man, so. every time that they beat him, he, they think they're gone, and he just slap at it and get ball. Like, it was... Yeah. But it, some of the rebounds were incredible. So, he's such a... Anyway, going to be a, a really incredible series, and something... The only thing I want to highlight before I let you go is just, like, the amount of Hall of Famers in this first-round series is incredible. That's mm -hmm. with Paul George not playing. Mm -hmm. But you've got Russ, Chris, Paul, Booker, probably uh Kawhi for sure Durant for sure like that's pretty cool yeah and Kawhi looked back to his like Raptors era yes. playoff best 38 last yes. night I think this will be the series of the first round for sure yeah and and I I, I think the Clippers have a have a good bench we've talked about Plumley before for sure uh, Terrence Mann had some nice contributions. Norman Powell, Norman Powell, really taking the role in some of you know Paul George's plays. 
and really looked the part. Um, and that bench has played a lot of minutes as their <laughs> superstars have load management. So they have. They they're have. not new to like minutes or anything. So yeah. yeah. And Zubac, good, solid big man, had like 17 rebounds last night, something crazy. Yeah, he's so, the other Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if we don't know? We don't yeah. know. Yeah. Anyway. So let's head on over uh to the Grizzlies Lakers. Both of us, I will say, picked the Lakers. Pre-jaw injuries. Pre-jaw injury. So what what made you pick the Lakers pre-jaw injury? Um I think the Lakers are coming together at the right time. Like we saw last night how um their supporting cast, Reeves, Rui Hachimura, came in and played well. Um, I think Steven Adams will be a big miss defending AD. Um, and the Grizzlies, I think you we were talking about this, like need to reset, I don't know, kind of apply themselves for a whole season. They look amazing in spurts. This season they had interrupted by Josh, you know, having off the court incidents. Um, I don't know. They like, they talk a lot. They talk a big game. <laughs> Draymond hates it. A lot of bark. Yeah. Draymond hates it and can't stand Dylan Brooks. But um, I, I have a feeling about the Lakers <laughs> in this one. Yeah, I do too. I think we're in agreement. I just, uh, they, they, you know, I love trash talk i think it's an important part of the game um but i just think you you gotta really like do it too you can't say you're the greatest and Mm -hmm. so i think that's something and you like you said like this lakers team is not a seven seed i don't know if they're a full contender i'm not gonna fully say that yet but if they're healthy i mean having to play ad lebron and then some actual solid bench pieces around them too and role players that's mm. I, I not this Grizzlies team I don't think has it yep. yeah so uh, moving on to the last one which also I think just real quick win. real quick Woj oh, said there's a significant doubt that Ja will play in game two yeah, that's honestly impressive I thought he was for sure out so yeah. but yeah I, I think at a certain point especially depending on what happens with game two you question, do you play, you know, if they go down 2-0, do you play Ja game three in L.A.? I don't. Oh, I think you gotta. I mean, you mean as just as a precaution, you wouldn't play him so he yeah. doesn't mess up his hand anymore? No, I think I they would. play him. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. You're probably right. Um, Going to the last series, um, we got Warriors-Kings. Kings took game one. I said Kings in seven. You've got Warriors in six. This one's tough. I have been a Warriors believer all year. They've been my team to go against. But I don't know. I think this Kings situation is not conducive for the Warriors' victory chances. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... I think the Warriors' experience will ultimately prevail in this series just because they have such a proven championship core and coach. Um, It is cool to see Mike Brown get another coaching shot after 
coaching the Cavs all those years ago and then being on Steve Kerr's staff more recently. Really happy for him. He's obviously done an amazing job uh, with this Kings team. But I think it'll be with Wiggins back now. Um, I think I think the Warriors will probably have too much. I'm just not fully sold on the Warriors being like fully like healthy and like together. Okay. Like that's my thing. Like Wiggins being back is huge, but he hasn't played and he looked the part. I mean, he had a game winning shot, at, you know, not to say that like oh, that's it, but I'm just saying there's certain things that point to like a weary Warriors team and a very, very hungry Kings team. And as a if I was a Warriors fan, I would be worried about this one. That's all I'll say. I would not be surprised if they win, but I. this is not who – if I was the Warriors, I would rather play a lot of other teams. Yeah. I mean, it is – I'm just looking at the box score. It is impressive that, uh, to me, that the Kings won with Sabonis only going 5 for 17, 12 points. I think he's a super underrated player, led the NBA Definitely. in rebounding. Led that team in in points, assists, uh, and rebounds. Um, Malik Monk went off 32 points on only 13 shots. Got to the free throw line a bunch. He'll be key because I don't think the Kings have a lot off the bench besides him. No. Something I will shout out as a Big Ten podcast, Keegan Murray's had a great uh, rookie year. You know, I don't think he's ready to take over a game yet, but it'll be fun watching him get minutes in the playoffs here. And hopefully he can knock a couple threes down and play really solid defense. So yeah. get some re maybe too. Um yeah, so that's the first round prediction. Anything else, or should we just go into our NBA finals and predictions and wrap this thing up? Let's wrap it up. So NBA's finals. I'm sticking with the Bucks. Um, I think we'll see what happens with Giannis, but I think if Giannis is healthy, I'm picking them. I'm going to switch now in the West from the Warriors to the Nuggets. Okay. I feel like hopefully the record states this as well, but my thoughts on the Nuggets is like, if whole, they're great. If, you know, can they put it all together? And what I saw yesterday is a team that was going to be really, really hard to beat, at least in the West. Okay. From the depth wise, if they can stay healthy. So I've got Bucks, Nuggets. If they're everyone's healthy, I'm I'm taking the Bucks, though. I'm sorry. Yeah. I will go, man. I in the East, I'm I'm pretty certain on the Celtics. They they look really good. Um I think even if Giannis is healthy, they're better than the Bucks. I I love the Brogdon pickup. Um, Al Horford is still playing at a really high level, and then Tatum and uh, Brown are are all NBA players. Um, and I think they have more more depth and more sort of explosiveness than than the Bucks do. But the Bucks, if they meet in the conference finals, the Bucks having home court will be key. The West is tough for me, man. Uh, I thought about the Warriors just because I trust them so much. I I'll go Nuggets too. Uh, I think this this is the year the Nuggets the Nuggets could uh, get over the hill, get to the finals. Um, 
in the finals, I would I would take the Celtics to win it all. All right. There you have it. We're taking the East. Um, that's about it for the NBA. One thing I did want to uh, big shouts out and talk on real quick before we go is uh, the women's college basketball, the final four. Yeah. Uh, as we didn't shout that out, um, honestly, an incredible uh, year for the women. I It was such a blast. I think something I noticed is like the real storylines, but kind of behind the players are coming out, you know, like the Caitlin Clarks and, and Angel Reese and Aaliyah Boston. Like you kind of feel like the kind of like headliner WWE energy that kind of the NBA has. Mm-hmm. I think I was I felt that a lot more this year in women's college basketball, and the viewership numbers were through the roof. Um, really cool to see uh, Kaylin Clark just an incredible year. Angel Reese, such a fun player. Aaliyah Boston rightfully went number one after the year she had, and uh, yeah, Kaylin Clark coming back next year. Paige Beckers will be back. It's gonna be a fun year. No, I, I'm really glad you said that. And I, I totally agree. I think that's well said. And, you know, it, it seems like the storylines used to be about either the programs, like it was yep. Connecticut or Stanford or exactly. Tennessee or the coaches. It was Gino Oriem or Pat Summit or Kim Mulkey. And now it's, it, it's really about the players as it should exactly. be. And we get to learn more about their personalities, their competitiveness, uh, yes. their drive to win it was it was pretty and I, incredible and I to think watch. something that's really cool to think about and i'll leave my listeners you know our listeners with this is that if you ask the average person you know in america to name a person from the men's or women's final four i think they're much more likely this year to be able to name someone from the women's final four. Oh, for sure yeah, and I think I, that that is something which sure it like has to do with how the chips fell and everything, but still I I don't think that's something to take for granted, and just had to big shouts out and wanted to finish our episode on that like that's cool as hell it really is yeah no that's an awesome point and the fact that like these women are staying you know it's not it's not as much like the men's game where the the biggest names are often leaving after maybe even a year or well, they can't, which is like, yeah, the crazy yeah, thing. yeah. But, but I think, yeah, it's still sorry. because of that. We get these rivalries and we get more invested in them, which is, and they make cool. it their own game. Like you watch Caitlin Clark and it's her own thing. She's her own excitement. You watch Boston. She, you know, Reese. So it's, it's cool. It's, it's really cool to see. And yeah, we we're in the, kind of golden months here of basketball and it's it's living up to it yep no well said and uh on that note listeners um enjoy the nba playoffs and we'll talk to you guys soon we'll catch you next time listeners peace